Hello, we are the Edgy Futurists. I'm Dan Fitzpatrick. I'm Ben Whitaker. And I'm Stephen Hope. The podcast by educators for educators, the Edgy Futurist Podcast. Welcome to the Edgy Futurist Podcast. We've got two, two very special guests in today's episode. I think this is the first time we've ever had two on at the same time. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, we've got Abid Patel and Dave Leonard. Just before we jump into that, uh, we started off a competition today on Twitter. So if you are listening, and it's before the 31st of October 2019, uh, we are giving away an Echo Dot third generation uh, worth forty nine ninety nine. Uh, also with an Edgy Futurist travel mug, uh, Edgy Futurist tote bag, pen, stress ball, uh, lots of Edgy Futurist merch there. So if you want to uh, win that, you can simply post your tweet uh, on Twitter. Uh, tag us in at Edgy Futurist. That'd be a good place to put a tweet down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know who's listening. Like people might not know. <laughs> are, you, are you finished with your smarmy remarks, Ben? So we can. Welcome back. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm a bit sleep deprived. So I'm going to be snappy tonight. Yeah. So yes. Tweet on Twitter. That's where we tweet. Uh, tag us in at Edgy Futurists. Uh, tag three people in and give us a quote about the podcast. Uh, what do you like? Who's been your favourite guest? Um, and also put an image of some kind of video and we will announce the winners on the 1st of November. So back to today's guest. We have got Abby Patel, Dave Leonard, uh, double actor joining us on the podcast. Um, these are two men who are in the unenviable position of leading IT in their organisations. Both of them are newly minted Google certified innovators and are really keen to join up IT teams with teachers, making it easier to work together. Abid is the IT director of the Leading Learning Trust in London and has been working in EdTech for over 15 years. He's a Google certified innovator, having graduated from the recent London 19 Academy and is a passionate advocate for sustainable digital transformation in schools. He was most recently described by one of his fellow innovators as a positive or natural positive force and a dreamer with 10x ideas. Absolutely love that. Dave has been IT manager at Matthew Moss High School for 16 years. He is a Google certified innovator. I think that's going to come up again more uh, a few times tonight. And he's a trainer, a Google trainer, and was named, n- not very controversially, hopefully, Edge Futurist Network Manager of the Year in 2019. He is an ANME ambassador, CEO ambassador, and acts as a Duke of Edinburgh award assessor. He's a passionate believer in helping teachers to create engaging lessons through the use of low cost or free resources. The podcast by educators for educators, the Edu Futurist Podcast. So it's so good to have two people on tonight, Dave and Abby. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, gents. You're very welcome. Lovely to be here. Thank you. Thanks for that, Ben. It's uh, it's great to be here as well. I've uh, been waiting for this for, for a long time. That's very kind of you. It's very kind of you. And I think it's very uh, much uh, a, a reciprocal thing. We, we've been watching what you do, and I know that we've been friends for a while, but being able to see what you two are doing, and we, we'll get into it today as IT managers and IT directors in, um, in, in a difficult role. And uh, us as educators, and sometimes you guys as IT staff, we, there's, the fact that we can bring this together is really, really important. And I know you guys are really passionate about that, and we'll get into that today. But I think it would only be right uh, for us to talk about uh, talk about um, London 19. But while, before we do that, I think it's worth uh, a bit of a mention, and he hasn't mentioned it himself, but that we've got a, a newly another newly 
um, certified innovator in in the uh, podcast today. Steve has uh, been accepted onto Sweden 19. Well done, buddy. Woo-hoo. I can't believe it, honestly. Absolutely uh, ridiculous. Um, there cl- clearly must have been no applicants other than me this year. Um, I don't know how <laughs> if I got on, but uh, yeah, thank you for everybody. Uh, lots of support coming, so yeah, appreciate it. So we're looking forward to seeing what you uh, what you come up with and your experience at the uh, the academy because uh, I know the, the three of us that have done that before will definitely it's probably some of the best things we've ever done in education. So guys, talk to us about London. Uh, give us a little bit of an insight about what you uh, what you did and and uh, why you loved it. Just jump in. Go on, Abid. You're a man who likes to talk, so I'm going to let you answer first. <laughs> Oh, where where do I start? Um, I I remember it was on it was in the second day or it was on the second day of the academy. Um, one of one one of our fellow buddies um, from from Canada, uh, Megan Alfano, she she gave me the best quote. I think I think it was on the on the first night, and she said it was the best, most overwhelming experience ever. Um, and yeah, I've 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 tried to I've tried to describe it to to people who don't know what innovative the only way um dreamer 10 10x ideas comes out with is 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 i like to say think of the best professional development experience you've ever had in your career multiply that by a million and you might come close to what google certified innovator is um uh, you know I, i don't i don't like to throw the throw the terminology around too much that you know it's it's a life-changing experience but honestly i i i felt very grateful to be uh promoted to um it director in um in april and you know um it directors the the title itself is is quite a senior role and i thought you know that that's kind of it for me now you know um in terms of in terms of progression uh now all it is 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 sideways steps for essentially for more money and and doing bigger bigger things but having come out of the academy um i honestly it gave me a a, a completely fresh new outlook on life um and and th- there's just so much more of the world that 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 i feel uh it, you know is untapped uh the, the the amazing thing about innovator is is it puts you in touch with with people you you wouldn't normally have have the opportunity to get in touch with so you know before the academy i, di- I didn't know any I, I hardly knew anyone in north america um doing edtech you know the the odd tweets here and there you, you'd see but it was more very a local uk thing um a bit because of our community but then you know we suddenly got thrown into uh, the the academy with 36 other people um from you know from from far and wide and 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 it's just amazing just to see the way they do things and the similar challenges but different at the same time uh, and and I think that's that's what's been the the greatest thing for me uh, is having having a bunch of brand new friends um almost like brand new best friends and you know we we talk to each other almost every every day uh, and, and and that's what's the most amazing thing for me about about the the, the certified innovator program. Ah, but just before we jump to Dave, could you give us an example of someone you met who you probably would never have come across normally, and uh, kind of what what you shared with them and what they shared with you? Um, well, almost almost all of the Americans. Um, 
uh, were you know that 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 was a that was a great opportunity as, uh, to to meet them. But but even even some of the even some of the uh, UK based uh, innovators. Uh, I'll take Dave for example. Um, I've always said that what I what I was doing what I am doing in IT. I always felt was a was a very uh, lonely role because um, IT managers are very very protective of 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 the way we do things and uh and trying to break down those those barriers between IT and teaching and learning uh, has has been has definitely been challenging and and I think you know meeting someone like Dave and knowing that there are other people out there who 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 are trying to do some great things um about about you know building those bridges uh, and and ensuring that IT is 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 there at the pinnacle of being able to provide great outcomes for our pupils um you know that that's an amazing thing. I think we were, uh, I think myself, Dave, and and Paul Farrell from uh, C Learning, were probably three of the only uh, non-teaching staff uh, at the at the academy, and um, uh, it was really refreshing to see. And it wasn't just that we felt we we felt grateful to be within that that community of great teachers, but I I really got the feeling that they felt really grateful for us being there. Um, and to understand some of the challenges that they f- they find with their IT teams and 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 stuff like that, and how they, we could give them advice and they could give us advice on how we could what we could do to better better build those bridges. And yeah. uh, I think that's what that's what my project has um, has kind of transpired into. Well, it's really interesting because I know that we've been chatting as well, haven't we, Dave, about your project? I don't know if you want to talk about this concept of pivoting. Um, and, and tell us about that in, in terms of how that works in terms of the Academy and the Innovator Programme. But I know you've done that really uh, recently, haven't you, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, for those who aren't aware, when you apply for the Innovator Academy, you are asked to put forward an issue that you are facing in education. And that application is scored. And thankfully, Abid and myself, along with 34 other fantastic people who I absolutely have to agree with Abid, I know our very close friends. Um, we were all fortunate enough to be accepted. Now, we then split um, into groups of six during the academy um, and work with some, again, people who are aligned with our way of working, with our way of thinking, with, with our projects. And my project at the time when I, when I went to the academy was focused around student voice. It's something that I'm still working on in school, but I've found that since I've come away from the academy, my passion for um, the kind of thing that Abby's just been talking about for the for what we can do as IT managers to improve education from our role um, outstrips my passion for um, the promotion of systems to support student voice. So I've there's a big thing in Google about ringing the fail bell and celebrating failure. So I've recently within our Google Hangouts session with the with the London 19 cohort. I've recently run the fail bell. I've, I've spoken to um, to my coach from the academy, Ollie Trussell, who is absolutely brilliant, and also to my mentor, uh, Melissa King, who ridiculously gets up at 4.30 in the morning uh, just to meet with me um, because she's in California uh, and I'm in Rochdale normally dealing with all kinds of weird things each day. I spoke to those two people and they, they reassured me that making that change, making that pivot, was absolutely the right thing to do. So my challenge now is, is changing. It means a lot more work because I'm going to go back and apply the design thinking concepts to my new challenge. 
but I want to look at how we can bring techies and teachers together to improve the experience for both groups um, and also SLT for that matter because you need the support of SLT if you're going to um, going to be successful in this field. I think that's something that Abid and I both have in common. We have um, head teachers or, or directors who who believe in us um, and who who pay us to to manage IT and then let us manage IT. I think too many times somebody will employ an IT manager and then not allow them to manage the IT in the school. I think that's absolutely key. Uh, and my project now is about investigating what can be done with SLT, with teachers and with IT managers and IT staff because it's not just the managers, it's the IT staff that support us uh, in schools to make everything more harmonious and, and better ultimately for the, for the learners because learning is at the centre of everything that we're doing. And no matter what role we're in in the school, it's always got to be about that education, about that learning and about making things better for everybody involved in developing young people. I'm, I'm going to jump on that one, Dave, and, and, and this is what for you and obviously then Abid after. I think you've just touched on a real massive point for me, and, and Ben's wrote articles about it, about these gatekeepers, and it's not everybody, but that whole thing of you, you're focusing on learning, we need we need more of that, I think, in terms of champions. That Some IT managers aren't always like that. Maybe some IT managers don't see it as their role. How, how can we promote that more, that these people, are, a lot of the resistance to going to the cloud, not just Google, is within your remit, but actually how can we shift it to a focus on learning, not systems? I think it absolutely has to be. I mean, the systems are part of the learning. Um, it's education technology. Education comes first. And I read something on Twitter this morning, and I'm really sorry, I can't remember who it was who posted it, who said tech doesn't even come into it. It's just education. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're there for. That's why we are paid our wages. That's why we go to work. We are there to support teachers, to, to support chil uh, children and learners. So I think it's absolutely imperative that if we are recognised as being unusual, we try and get to the bottom of the reason why that's unusual and do something about it. And that's absolutely what my project is going to be going forward. Um, my hope is to, is to launch some kind of platform for this whether it's a website or maybe even a podcast having uh, been fortunate enough to come on one of the best podcasts in certainly in uk education um blowing smoke somewhere should I say. <laughs> uh, but, but absolutely something that i want to take forward i want to take that message out to other it people to other teaching staff and say look we are not here as blockers we have a responsibility to keep systems secure but we also have a responsibility to enable young people to learn. I always say that our role should be like a good referee. You shouldn't really notice us if we're doing our job right. That's so cool. So why do, you, Dave, why do you think that is then? Why do you think so many um, people experience that from their IT team, that there, there is some kind of block in the system there? I think sometimes there's a there's, – historically there's been a lack of value to some of the IT teams, and I think it almost becomes a downward spiral then. If your IT staff aren't valued in the same way as your teaching staff, then they will start to feel as though they are second-class citizens. And that's why I go back to SLT. It's all got to come from the top. You've got to have that support. You've got to have the, back, the backing of your, uh, of your head teacher or of your CEO to say, actually, no, these guys know what they're talking about. Listen to them. And also, they've got to be able to say to the IT staff, no, your role is here to support teaching and learning. Because without that, you know, we're not here for anything at all. 
So it's really, really key that you get the three points of the triangle working together there. You get the SLT, you get the techies and the teachers working together because for too long, the techies are focused on the three three points of a different triangle, which is security, usability and affordability. I've always been taught that you can only ever have two of those things. And it's sometimes about getting the balance, but always usability for me has got to come got to come first and foremost. Too many IT managers and IT staff hide behind security as a reason not to do something, in my opinion. And I'm really interested in getting to the bottom of that. It was Ben's visit to Matthew Moss um, back at the end of December last year that really opened my eyes to the fact that, you know, this isn't the way that it works in a lot of schools. I've, I've worked with some schools in the past, um, but thankfully in Rochdale, we, we're blessed with a lot of good IT managers who are doing mm-hmm. things in their schools. Now, when Ben came, he said, do you know what, Dave, this is so unusual. And I was like, really? Why is that then? Why, why wouldn't other schools be like that? But from, from reading forums online, from, from, uh, from reading Edgegeek and from reading the ANME portal, um, we, we hear um, that a lot of this, this is quite a common message and, and it really shouldn't be. So that's my kind of passion and my Google project now is to take that forward and to, to try and break down those barriers and improve the situation for teachers and learners and, and SLT. Uh, I think I think that I think that's I think that's amazing. And I, and when I when I did say that, I genuinely meant it as well. And I think Avid, you're you're of this built of the same uh, cut from the same cloth or built from the same stuff. I think there, and you're obviously doing this same thing uh, as an IT director across a number of uh, a number of schools. Uh, how how do you how do you do it? What is is it something different for you? For how do you make sure that learning is at the focus and and it's not just about we've always done it this way, or it's about making sure that we use this tech because we've always used this tech. What do you what do you think? Well, um, it pretty much follows off uh, exactly what 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 Dave was saying. Really, um, I think it's it, 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 it exactly is that the you know we've always done it this way uh, and. Uh, for me, the the history behind um, breaking down those barriers was was because of you know the per- the perception that IT managers got in in education that you know the, we are the blockers, but but also the fact that people didn't understand what we did. Um, you know, whenever friends and family ask me, um, you know, what do you do? I, I work in a school. Oh, what do you teach? I'm like, no, I, I don't teach. And then it's like, oh, what do you do all day long then? And and and. You know, it, it, it was the same perception that that you would get within school to say, you know, nobody really questions what a teacher does because everyone knows a teacher teaches the the pupils. Whereas, you know, we we as IT professionals, we we could be sat in front of a computer all day long, and you know, you could be doing anything um, or nothing, and and so uh, it was it was about breaking down those 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 perceptions. You know, I. I I looked at it in in a very very um, rudimentary way and, and and thought you know how how did the pupils what did it, what did, what did the children do they they're always looking for attention so um, uh, miss 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 look what I did today sir 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 look what I did today and and I kind of took that on 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 an, on an adult scale and you know went to my to, to my line manager look look what I did today this is what I did and this is what I've done and this is what I've done and this is how it's going to impact and this is how it's going to impact and and. It wasn't about you know oh I've 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 ensured that you know the Windows updates are running so much faster and we can build PCs faster and everything's because in in truth whilst that does impact on 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 the the school operations it's not what 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 
school leaders want to hear. What what they want to hear is, you know, teaching and learning, um, safeguarding, Ofsted finance. These are the things that are inherently ingrained in their minds. And the minute you translate how your IT can um, can can facilitate and and benefit and show value to those those key areas that that mean so much to, to to school leaders that that's when you're able to open up those channels to say yes you know the it isn't just that computer over there that enables us to take a register and that computer over there that enables us to write a letter to print out and send to the parents what what does that computer or that mobile device how does that you know, enrich pupil outcomes. How does it play a great role? And like like Dave was saying, you know, the, the word edtech, the, the the education part, the ed part at the at the front. You know, that that is at the forefront for a reason because it's technology that you know it impacts positively on on education. Um, yeah. And so, from a from the multi academy trust perspective, it, it is um, it is a big challenge because. Um, you know, uh, no, no two schools do do it the same way, uh, and I think I think there has been a, a big lack of uh, standardisation from IT because um, I think historically IT professionals have come in with a very corporate approach to to education, and in actual fact, most schools around around the world, you know, are are, are having the same challenges and trying to achieve the same outcomes, and. Um, it's about it's about finding ways to to ensure that the IT can can facilitate that with the least minimal of impact. Because ultimately, why are we working as IT professionals in education if if we're not there for the teaching and the learning? Then, frankly put, we're we're in the wrong industry. Um, you know, go go if 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 you don't care about the teaching and learning, then 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 maybe you need to go somewhere else. But because that's what schools are you know that's what education is and the the thing that matters at the end of the day is that those pupils leave that organization with the best possible outcomes uh and and needs for skills for the for their adult lives yeah no, I, look we're not in it for the money um if we wanted to earn money we could go into a different industry certainly uh, one one thing i just wanted to pick up on you said there is i think a key term there was it professionals and i think that's the key thing is that we are professionals we are not geeks in a basement who hide away protecting the precious things um it's something that we need to get out there anybody who's got that kind of image needs to get out of the basement and get around and speak to people um that's really really key one of the one of the things when ben came to visit matthew moss we did was just have a wander around the building and and talk to people and and get their opinions and absolutely nothing was prepared or scripted there but i couldn't have i couldn't have written it better, written it better if it was scripted because Everybody just talked the talk and, and gave the same message. Yeah, and I think the the work that you guys are doing, and I know Dave, you said before that you you kind of couldn't believe that it's the kind of stuff that you're doing and the stuff that's going on around your area isn't happening around the UK. But um, in not all cases, it is. And just hearing you and you and Abid talk about the things that you're doing is just so inspiring. It's not surprised that um, uh, you were both nominated for our network manager of the year um back in july so uh congratulations again to both of you for that dave you ended up winning it in the end uh but uh yeah just i think in we had nothing to do with the, nom- the nominations or anything like that and it was just a big testament to kind of how how many people around the country see you guys as as kind of top of your game and and, and leading the way in that 
I mean, just want to say thanks for that. I mean, I was tremendously humbled just to be nominated and I was absolutely convinced that Abid would win. It was a little bit strange being down because when it was announced who won, we were actually on the uh, Google Innovator Project. We were down in London working together um, and it was just, it was kind of, kind of a surreal experience just to be to be there in the first place and then to have that extra layer of, um, not because not it wasn't a competition at all, it was... It was. I was just so excited to be with somebody else who'd been nominated because Abby's amazing, and if he doesn't win next year, then I'm absolutely coming over to your places and bringing the boys round because. He was- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I want to get him nominated now. <laughs> That'd be really good because we need more people at the event for next year, Dave. So we'll bring yeah. as many. Bring all the boys round. <laughs> uh, th- thank you, thank you very much for that, Dave. Uh, I, I, I. I said it myself um i posted a tweet a few weeks later saying that you know um uh, i didn't obviously know you at all pre prior to prior to when we when our cohort got announced um but but i didn't think i i, I thought that you know there wasn't uh, anyone more worthy of winning um uh, and um you know really well done and 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 you know it's a testament to to, to the great work that that you and if, uh, you know um all the winners uh, uh at, at the awards are doing um and and it's just great to see you know um because uh that that's that's what we really really need um in education is that passion um uh because you know with with the passion uh so long as you have the passion then then everything else uh follows afterwards definitely and now i think we, this is the edgy futurist podcast and we we look at things and the kind of the things that you guys are doing, the, the systems in your schools and your maths um, are, are inevitably, they are the more and more schools, more and more maths across the UK, across the world are, are, are taking on um, cloud technology and going in that direction. But just a quick question uh, about where you see the future of that. Cause so um, where like, even just ten years time, are we? Do you do you think all schools will be fully cloud based? Do you think there'll there'll be even servers in schools? How how's that going to look? Do you think? Uh, I I think I think it's a it, it's a challenge um, that that does really need addressing. Um, you know, the the there needs to be more of an appetite for change. Um, in schools, um, and and that, that's ironically what my what my Google Certified Innovator um, project is 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 all about. It's about I've found it's always been a case of schools don't really know what they don't know, and my my project transpired to to become an event where I could I could invite people who aren't there yet with their with their digital transformation. And, and getting them in a room and showing them, you know, some of the best practices that are happening around, uh, not just around the UK, but around the world. Um, you know, uh, we, always, we always hear about how great uh, things are in, in Scandinavia um, with, with, with what they're doing with um, G Suite and Chromebooks. Uh, and, you know, the, the Chromebooks are the best-selling device in, in the United States um, and, and, and things like that. And it's about, it's about bringing this wealth of knowledge because I, I learned very, very recently that never to assume. Um, we, we assume quite wrongly that, um, you know, the, 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 the younger generation who, who are coming into work um, are, digi- are, you know, digital citizens and um, are, are, 
I learned myself that, you know, not to assume that they, they just get the tech and they know it. And um, it's something that um, my, my mentor, um, uh, my innovator mentor, uh, John Neal, um, who I know you've had on the podcast before, um, and I was at uh, the EdTech 50 event that, um, uh, that he was hosting um, for, for his school, Halcyon International. And one thing that I've always heard uh, teachers say um, and, and, and con- consultants say is, uh, when they're when they're training teachers is uh, don't worry about it the the kids know the tech better than you do just just follow their lead and and it was John who turned around and said they don't really um, at the end of the day they're just children you know and they don't know it better than you do but they're not afraid of of the tech as much as we as adults are and and I think I think that's that's the main thing is where the change uh, appetite comes in um, and the resistance to change is, is the fear of the unknown. And, uh, and then when you add the fact that they don't know what is out there, then it's almost the fear of the unknown of the unknown. And, 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 and it's about, you know, um, it's about in, in informing and educating schools as to, as to what is out there. And the way I, I've approached it and looked at it from, from the work that we've done uh, at my trust um has been uh, heavily, heavily financially motivated. You know, we 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 we've we've had huge cuts, um, and and you know most most schools around the world are, are suffering from um, year on year cuts to their budgets. And you know we needed to look at sus- sustainability, uh, and also as a multi academy trust as well. You want to look at growth, and traditional systems the way the way they are uh, in schools um, are just far too expensive for uh for for school sustainability especially as you're taking on new schools embracing all of that cost and and that's why i looked at the cloud platforms and and said you know this is the way forward because it heavily reduces our costs um i mean i i saw something on twitter a few months ago saying someone asked a question how are you uh as school leaders um uh, addressing the budget cuts and ninety percent of of the thousands of replies that were down there were um, were making TAs redundant and and, and I turned around and I, I thought to myself that, that's the worst possible thing you know you, you shouldn't be making anyone redundant um, uh, we need to start looking at the efficiencies and the savings we could be ma- making in the systems you know the human aspect is the most important aspect you know why are we paying for kit and resources and 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 things like that and waste it not addressing the wastage as opposed to to the human element because everyone knows that the amazing work that the that teachers and tas do that 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 bring the benefits to to the pupils to have especially those who need that extra support uh, and so that's why as much as it's needed uh, i think there's a there's a huge also there's a huge need also for 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 that education and, and information to go out there and that, that's why whenever I do any any training now I always say to to teachers you know what the 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 best and most easiest and most fun and most engaging CPD you could ever ask for is join Twitter and and follow the you know the uh, the edu Twitter hashtag and you can see just the the vibrance and and the amazing stuff that that is going on in 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 the education community and 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 the things that you can pick up and really easily implement into your schools um 
is amazing, and I and I and I highly recommend that to everyone in education. I think I, I, think I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more, Dave, Dave. I think do you know on the just to jump onto that, I know that one of the things that that Abby was talking around in terms of cost saving, um, and around making sure that in this place of cuts, one of the things that I know you've talked about is some of the stuff around cloud servers and cloud technology, and then free resources. I don't know if you could talk to us um, around some of that stuff that you've done there at Matthew Moss. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we don't use a tremendous amount of cloud servers at this stage. Three years ago, when I was doing my last technology refresh in the server room, it's something that I considered. And I considered that at that stage, I wasn't ready, the school wasn't ready, and the industry wasn't ready yet. Because I think a lot of it is geared around the corporate, the enterprise approach to it, or it was at that time. Now, if I'm making my next change, yeah, absolutely, I'm looking at cloud servers. But I think just jumping back to, to Dan's previous question as well, before I get onto yours, Ben, where will we be in 10 years' time? We'll be in very, very different places as schools across the UK. There's, there'll be some of us that are um, struggling to keep up. There'll be some of us that are bleeding edge. We'll be trying to make sure that, you know, on the whole, things are improving. Things are on an upward curve. But we're not the same as enterprise. We don't have the same resources. We have 1,000 to 1,500 users in a typical average size um, secondary school in the UK. And that normally transpires to about two or three IT staff in that environment. In the corporate world, it's very, very different. We have to be jacks of all trades and masters of none. And as a result, we have to be creative in the way we approach things. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. One of the things that I do look for is how we can save money. Um, Rick Carroll, who, who runs the ANME, always kind of has a bit of a laugh at me and says, you don't like spending a penny, do you, Dave? Um, which is absolutely right, because it's the taxpayer's money at the end of the, at the, end of the day. Um, I, I attend normally um, the ICT for Education events each year, and there's a, a guy who speaks there, Andy Hutt, and he's brilliant. He, he brings loads of low cost and, and free resources to a presentation and I shamelessly steal those and take them back to my school and say, right, let's have a look at this. How does this work? How does it work in the classroom? Does it work? Does it engage the the learners? Is it easy to use for the teachers? And and those things that work are brilliant. And and there's not a reason for us to be spending thousands and thousands of pounds anymore just because we can't do the research as to whether something is, is useful or not. There are so many free tools and so many low-cost tools out there that are absolutely transformative in education. So I always go back to the why. Why are we spending? Why are we paying out for a tool? It's got to be really, really good if we're going to pay for something. Um, because when somebody comes to me with a problem, how can we do something? To be honest, my first response is, yeah, I can probably knock that out with a Google Sheet or a Google site or something like that. Um, it's something that we can use our expertise and our experience to save money for the for the school and therefore we can afford more devices or we can afford to have people more people working in the department to support teaching and learning. So, yeah, absolutely. Cost saving is a massive passion of mine and it's something that I think that a tool such as Google Classroom is absolutely brilliant. And now I know that we've had criticisms in the past for being too googly, but at the end of the day, Microsoft do a similar project, a similar um, suite of tools as well. Uh, so it doesn't have to be Google. Schools take one or the other route. They are either Google or they're Office 365. Some of them then take a hybrid model. But there are so many cheap or free tools available to schools that I think the days should be gone whereby 
schools are pressured into buying a high cost solution just because they don't have the time to look into an alternative. Definitely. I think, do you see, I know that a lot of um, the skills that you guys have in the school are, are invaluable, but do you kind of see as, as the future goes on and, and, and the IT skills um, are becoming more generalised and people kind of need those IT skills to, are, are going to need them to go into any industry really. Um, like I know we like to talk about um, the first automated farm was uh, two years ago. Um, a lot more factories are becoming automated in order to kind of go into any of the traditional industries in the next say 20 years. People are going to need a high high level of IT skills in, in, including coding. How do you see kind of your role within a school in that future 20 years, let's say, how, how do you see your job within that? Well, I think both Abid and I have, have been in schools for almost that length of time now. And I think if we look back 15 or 20 years, it's a very, very different landscape now. There is um, a very popular video that came out, I think, ironically, in 2007 called Shift Happens, um, which talks about how the majority of jobs that students who were teaching at this stage the majority of jobs that they're going into don't even exist at this stage. So, yeah, that's really pertinent. And ultimately, it's also pertinent for, for staff as well as students. Staff have to learn to develop. They have to be um, willing to, to embrace new technologies, to embrace the new requirements of their roles. And that's teaching staff as well as IT staff. Because if you look at a teacher, a typical teacher in a classroom nowadays, they're using uh, a digital panel, they're using Chromebooks, they're using multiple wireless devices. Some are using students' phones as a, a computer in the pocket. And that, that was almost unthinkable 10 years ago. But now it's just common, common practice. And I think we're already doing it. And both as citizens of, of, of the world and as citizens in, in EdTech, it's something that we're already doing. And I think it's something that we'll continue to do to progress in that way and there'll almost be a bell curve of acceleration of that before we wrap up um just before we wrap up there what there's a big political question going around at the moment uh, which i'm sure a lot of you are aware uh, students using mobile phones in schools where do you stand on that Abby, i'm going to be quiet and let you answer because <laughs> you're one that was talking loads and it seems to have been me so sorry i'll let you take that one <laughs> um it, it, it's a it's a challenging one. Um, I, I've I've seen I've seen some schools do it really really well, um, where 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 pupils um, use uh, use use mobile devices um, uh, to to great benefit to to target their learning. But but I think um, it, it does have to be a, a cautious approach because different di- you know different parts of the country have 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 very different. Um, uh, challenges and um, it, it it does need to be it does need to be addressed. I mean, it, you know, one of the challenges I've got going on in my own trust at the moment is is um, staff using mobiles uh, in in the in the in in in, the, in school, uh, and and there's loads of questions that that get risen uh, get get brought up around around those um, uh, around those thought processes and. Uh, Yes, there's especially when you when you consider some of the benefits that um, that come with mobile devices um, in terms of things like you know uh, virtual virtual uh, virtual reality and augmented reality. Um, there, there's so much power in, in those devices, uh, and um, 
it, it, it can be done, but uh, it just has to have a very strong um, uh, set of policies and, and, and also a strong pedagogical link um, around it. Um, because um, at the moment, I think I think it's early stages. Um, uh, but but again, different different schools will be will be at different um, uh, di- different places um, with 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 using those devices. But you know, come come the future, uh, it's it's going to be um, uh, it, it's definitely going to be something that that more and more schools will will take up, um, uh, both both at student and, and adult level. You know, uh, I, I when. I, I go to to conferences and meetings. I, I like to travel very very light. Um, I don't I don't take a device with me. I don't take a notebook with me because I always say I've got a, I've got twelve hundred pounds uh, you know supercomputer in my pocket and uh, and I think that that's the way the the technology is going and and also the way the the corporate world is going. The, the corporate world is all about uh, you know BYOD bring your de- bring your own device and and I think that that's a really interesting challenge that. Um, that 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 could be addressed in schools, uh, especially to address the the the, the budget um, situations and 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 the the ever reducing budget is um, more and more um, pupils bringing in their own devices and um, whilst they might not have have a, a laptop or a Chromebook or or, or, or even a tablet of some sort, uh, you, you'll find that you know the major vast majority of the population will have a mobile device. Uh, and I think you know, I think it's something that that, that could work really well. Uh, and you know, so one of the pioneers of that is uh, is is Mr. Abdul Chohan from from Bolton, who who started that off um, way back before before schools even had an inclination to think of digital transformation. And and he actually started that with the iPod Touch. Uh, and I spoke to him at uh, at the Bet Show last year, and uh, you know, I I asked him, yeah, how, how did that go down? And and initially, when when you talked about it, and he said, you know, some some of the parents were in uproar about, you know, uh, how dare you put this music device in in the hand of our our children? And you know, all they're going to do is listen to music all day long, and they're not gonna they're not gonna learn anything. And yet, you you look, his his schools have now become pioneers of 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 mobile device learning um because of the power of, of those devices and so there's only positives behind it but um uh it, it will require a lot of work um uh, pedagogically but 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 once once that's in place then 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 all, all the more for it i think if we look at where, where we're going in the future with that at the moment it's mobile phones but it's not too long in the future before we're going to be dealing with implants and almost it almost gets to the science fiction stage of, of of cyborgs and that and becomes even more difficult to control so you've got to embrace it now and recognize that it's a classroom management issue most of the time not a technological issue um it's going to be part of reality it's already part of reality that the teachers themselves the first thing they will do sometimes when they have a, that very very rare five minutes of downtime is pick up the mobile phone to see what's going on in the in the real world uh, outside of the school and that's no different for the kids. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think it's a topic for debate uh, that could run and run. I'm going to say it. I know I said I'm never, but we could go on all night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you saying we're not going on all night? Uh, <laughs> honestly, it's one of those things that so many topics that we could deep dive in. I think it would be lovely to have you back on and really touch upon how it progresses, actually what happens after um, whether the decision's made in April um, as, uh, around the mobile phones or anything else. Uh, but 
just want to say a massive thanks for coming on, uh, and it's been uh, it's been a pleasure, guys. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Yeah, I really, 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 really enjoyed it, and um, yeah, definitely look uh, look forward to, to to coming back on again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, gents. For all three of you, and thanks to Abid for um, for agreeing to let me on his uh, podcast. <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs> <laughs>